Hey everyone, uh, welcome back and good morning. It's currently 7.30 a.m. and um, we're getting our day started here. I want to follow up with um, two things first um, regarding a couple of the last uh, podcasts. Um, so the wind turbine, um, I was actually able to make some pretty good progress on that. So luckily many years ago, almost full. I think almost five years ago, no, maybe six years ago, um, up where my current wind turbine was located, I actually dug, um, I think it was three or four holes, and I fi- and I poured concrete in them long, long time ago, um, because I was experimenting with different wind turbines back then, and um, I was experimenting with different, like, a little bit different locations. They're within the same area. Um, but there, because it's on a hillside, um, I had to kind of get choosy as far as like digging because it's a lot of rock. So back then I ended up digging in a whole bunch of spots and some spots I was only able to dig down like maybe a foot. Um, and I gave up on that section because it was only a foot deep, but I did get lucky in some spots where I was able to dig down, you know, minimum three feet at least. And so there is three or four, I think it's, there's three locations that I originally poured concrete already, which is great. So when I went up there to start working on the wind turbine that came crashing down, um, I went to go and looked for those other concrete um, pads that I I poured a long time ago. And sure enough, I found, I found them. Um, they were just covered up with grass and dirt and everything else. So I swept them nice and clean. I, I got the shovel to dig out the grass that was overgrowing it. Um, and sure enough, I have a concrete pad there. Um, so all I had to do was, um, remove the base, the wind turbine base off of the old concrete slab that got completely yanked out of the ground. Um, I, I went, I went over the details of how that happened. So definitely check out the last couple podcasts on that one. Um, but, uh, I was able to find the, um, other concrete slab that I poured a long time ago. Thank God. Because... (laughs) Let me tell you, I was really dr- dreading the fact of digging a hole, pouring concrete, and, you know, doing all of that, right? Especially on a really steep hillside. It, you know, it's really difficult. So, um, yeah, I was able to remove the uh, wind turbine base um, and relocate the wind turbine base to the existing concrete um, pad that I poured a long time ago. I anchored it down. Uh, and I actually stood the wind turbine pole up. Um, that way I could readjust my guide wires because when the cattle came by and they were rubbing and, you know, scratching and pushing on the guide wires, the guide wires didn't break. It was the turnbuckles, which was the weak, the weak, the weak link per se. And those turnbuckles were aluminum. So what I did was I lifted the wind turbine up and I ended up putting new anchors into new boulders. So what I do is I'll get a concrete drill bit um, with my SDS hammer drill and I'll drill, uh, you know, we're using three quarter inch um, lag bolts for concrete um, or sorry, concrete anchors. And I'll just find boulders where I can bring my guide wires over to kind of like a teepee to help support the top of the pole. And I found some boulders. I pre-drilled the holes, put my um, concrete anchors in. And then I went and purchased brand new um, turnbuckles, except this time um, they're out of stainless steel and they're pretty, pretty hefty. You know, they're, they're 
two times or three times as thick as the last turnbuckles I used. So um, I positioned um, all those anchors in different spots to spread out the um, three guide wires that I used to s secure the top of the wind turbine from, you know, just want to make sure it's nice and steady and tight in the wind, right? You don't want the top of your wind turbine pole to be moving around. So I repositioned um, and luckily I left um, length on the guide wires from last time because in the old location where I mounted them, there was still like some of the lines still had like 15 feet or more of, you know, guide wire, but I never cut it off. And I'm glad I didn't because I was able to readjust all my um, um, cabling so that way I can, you know, tie into those rocks that I, I um, you know, drilled and put the concrete anchors in. So now the wind turbine pole is standing straight up. Um, and I have it all anchored out. I readjusted all my cables, uh, hooked on to put the new turnbuckles on. And so we're good to go as far as that now. Um, and ironically enough, the new location of the wind turbine is about four feet taller than the old location. Because like I said, it's on a hillside. So the first location was four feet below. Um, this one is actually about four feet well, maybe even five feet, guys. It's it's actually a, a, a lot different. It's anywhere between anywhere between four to six feet difference in elevation because it's on a hillside. So I'm just trying to give you guys the most accurate description as I can. But um, the wind turbine is now sitting a lot higher than it was. So I originally um, extended my wind turbine pole. Um, I weld everything together so it's a nice solid weld and I did that previously and I believe the pole was sitting at 32 feet or 42 feet somewhere around there and now by moving it to the other location it's now sitting up at least another five five feet right so I'm adding another five feet to the height so now with that pole standing straight up in the sky let me tell you guys that thing is huge I'm looking at it like wow <laughs> it's really standing up there now so um but um that's the first phase of getting the wind turbine up and running and luckily i left enough cable that runs from the wind turbine down to the charge controller in my power shed good thing i left enough slack in the line because i was able just to move it up that five feet and still have maybe almost three or four feet extra in slack so I didn't have to extend my, my power cables or anything like that. So that really made my life a lot easier when, you know, finding the new location, getting everything anchored down, getting everything situated. Um, what we're doing is we're getting ready to put the wind turbine on. So we're getting ready to put the wind turbine on. And... Um, this is where we're at now. The wind turbine um, base is anchored. Guide wires are readjusted. Um, concrete anchors have been installed in other boulders to create the anchoring points for the guide wires. New turnbuckles. Um, everything's been adjusted. Um, I went ahead and ordered um, brand new wind turbine blades from winterbineusa.com. Um, that's where I got all my wind turbines from. Um, at least the last two that have performed pretty well. Um, so I ordered some wind turbine blades. I'm waiting for them to arrive. Once those replacement wind turbine blades arrive, 
then I can reassemble those blades onto the wind turbine itself. Then I can slide the wind turbine onto the top of the pole. Uh, and then I can go ahead and raise the wind turbine up. And then I can finalize all my guide wires, making them nice and tight. Um, so that's the only hold up right now. The wind turbine basically is ready to go once I get the blades. And it'll probably take me about maybe 15, 20 minutes. Not even, maybe 15 minutes if max to completely remove all the old broken blades um, and the nuts and bolts, put the new blades on, um, and mount it to the actual wind turbine pole itself. Now, here's the thing. Because the wind turbine um, pole is really tall um, in height and in the location it's at, normally what I would do is just hook. I have a, um, it's kind of like a, uh, a pulley it's kind of like a pulley system like a snatch block and i just hook it to the back of the my ranch truck and i just drive forward and it it lifts it straight up no problem and but i just go really slow 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 to get it going well in this new location that will not work but luckily i have a winch an actual winch you know you can hook up to a battery a car battery um it's a i think 12 or 15000 pound um, winch you know as far as pulling and so the, obviously the wind turbine pole and all that doesn't I mean the wind turbine pole is heavy don't get me wrong but nowhere near that um, so the winch can easily pull that so what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to make a I'm going to put another anchor into another boulder that way when I need to raise or lower the wind turbine I can just you know carry my winch out there set it down on the ground and basically um, put a chain from the winch frame that it's mounted to and anchor it into the boulder itself. So I can just make a quick, you know, chain to chain with a, you know, the, the hook on it, um, just to lock it in place. So that way when I run the winch line out to the wind turbine um, uh, swivel area, um, when I start pulling it, it's going to pull back on that chain that's also anchored into another boulder. And then I can easily just pull the wind turbine, you know, all the way up. And I can also lower the wind turbine very easily. So I'm going to make it where I can just take the winch out there with a battery and I can easily lower or drop it. Because as of right now, if I had to try to drop it, it would just come falling down to the ground. In fact, me getting it up, I had one other person helping me trying to get it up and I was on... There's a leverage pole at the very bottom of the base that gives you leverage to help lower and raise the wind turbine. I do have it in my videos. Um, I was literally hanging off the end of that pole and someone else was holding the actual wind turbine pole and walking up towards me to try to get the height that we need. And we barely just got it up. Barely. And we were struggling. Let me tell you, struggling. <clears throat> so... Um, we're going to use the winch and plus two, it's going to be way safer. You know, we're not putting strain on our body. We're not having to worry about the wind turbine falling over and hitting us. Um, so the winch is going to be the, the way to go for sure. So yeah, we're just waiting for wind turbine blades. I did order them two or three days ago. I think three days ago. Um, so I'm just waiting for them to arrive. So once that comes in, I'll put them on and I can make the video on that, uh, and put that together. Um, on another note, I did make a video. Um, I'm actually currently editing it, editing it, and that one's for YouTube. And it's how to turn any old hot water heater 
into a smart hot water heater where you can change the timing on it as far as when it turns off when it turns on you can have multiple set schedules you can even put timers on it um, to turn on and off you can um, view the temperature of your hot water heater from your cell phone which is important as well um, so I made that video I'm editing it so I'm hoping um, by tonight maybe late tonight I'll be finished and then um, maybe tomorrow morning sometime I can release that video I'm just trying to do what I can guys I've been so busy so I do have that video that's going to be coming up now we're going to go and cover another topic the biogas digester so I officially finished putting um, 80 gallons of cow manure in and what I did was I actually put one extra five gallon bucket in and this was two days ago I finished putting all the manure in and um, the reason I put the extra bucket in was because I had a bunch of cow patties that was next to me. So it was easy for me to scoop. So I just threw it in there anyway, it, you know, just to help it out, give it, give it that little extra. So I did put all the cow manure in there. So now I'm just waiting for the biogas digester to start doing its thing. Now, um, the I did install the second solar hot water heating panel. I mounted it to the ground, welded my brackets, um, attached the panel to my frame, um, and then come to find out the grid in there, the copper um, pipes that's in that solar hot water heating panel has some leaks. And I didn't know that. And so keep in mind, these two panels that I'm using, um, actually the three panels I got total, I got them for free. Because a um, they were changing them out on a on a property and uh, on a commercial property, and I remember the guy did saying he goes he goes I think they just you know he he was letting me know that there may be a leak in one one of them or two of them or whatever, and I remember him telling me that that's okay with me. But unfortunately, when I hooked up the second um, solar hot water heating panel, I put the water holes on the bottom of it just to you know flush out the any debris that might might be in it and that's when I noticed there was a leak so I took apart the glass I removed the glass from the box and inside the box you have the copper pipes running and I tried to solder it but it's so brittle that as I'm trying to solder it, it the metal is deteriorating away so I am going to end up having to remove the copper piping that's inside of that box because I already have everything set up. It's mounted into the ground. I have everything ready to go. But I can't use that panel because it's leaking. It's actually leaking in two or three spots. So it's getting kind of bad. But I can remove that copper. And I can put my own copper in the box. The box is very key. Because the box is insulated. The box is black. And it has a piece of glass that covers it. This is what makes solar hot water heating possible. Right. If there was no box and there was no glass, the copper pipes would not get hot enough. It would be useless um, because of the water sitting in them. Right. The box is kind of like you sitting in your car on a hot day and you're just cooking inside the car. You know, the, the sun is coming in through the windshield and you're just getting hot. And that's that's essentially the same theory of how solar hot water heating panels work. Um, so. The box is in good shape. The glass is in good shape. 
So all I have to do is remove the old copper, get rid of it, and install my own copper coil in it. So that is the game plan. Um, it's adding more to my project than I want. Um, but at the same time, I've already put all the work in to mount the panel, to you know, put it in its position and do all that stuff. So um, I'm just going to go ahead. I already have the glass off. Obviously, because I was trying to repair those um, leaky, um, leaking pipes. But the leaking pipes are so deteriorated that I can push my finger onto the pipe and it pushes a hole into the pipe. So th those panels are probably at least 30 years old. You know, they're pretty old. They've been through, um, you know, abuse. It's been on a commercial property for a very, very long time. But that's okay. We're going to rip out, just remove it, remove the actual copper that's in it. And I'm going to put my own copper coil in there. And then I'll just bring out the in and out, the inlet and outlet, stick them out the side like they normally would have been, um, paint everything black, put the glass back on, and then I can connect those um, in and out ports to the other solar hot water heating panel that's currently working really good. And then I can have them in conjunction. And then we can start gaining even way more um, hot water for the radiant floor heating system for the biogas digester. So yeah, that's where we're at on that. So uh, another thing is I was able to finally get my other Sonoff TH16 uh, temperature sensor in. And I mounted it to the um, solar hot water heating panel currently for the biodigester. And I actually have it controlling a smart switch which is connected and plugged into the um, hot water heating circulation pump. So before I was doing it manually where I would just check the temperature on my phone and then I would manually because I have the app where I can turn on and off the, the motors and pumps. So I could just turn it on, turn it off, turn it on, turn it off, which is tedious because all day long I'm checking it because I want to try to gain as much heat as possible right, to heat up that biodigester to start the process faster. Well, now that I have that other temperature sensor installed now, now I have it all set up and, and automated where... Um, the, once the temperature of the water gets to 135 degrees, now I can change the parameters up, down, all around, whatever I want to do. But so far, this is what's been working. Um, I have the, the temperature set for 135. Once it hits 135, the, the temperature sensors will automatically engage the, um, circulation pump. Okay. But once that sensor realizes the water is at 120 degrees, it shuts off, okay? Because we want only the, some of the hotter water running through that radiant floor heating system under the biodigester. So what will happen is, just like today, um, it's slowly heating up right now because the sun is very low in the sky. It's only 8 o'clock um, a.m. Um, once the temperature sensor reads 135 the circulation pump will automatically turn on and start pumping water. And it's going to pump that hot water through the grid underneath the biodigester to start heating it. Um, and then once, because there's going to be cold water or lukewarm water, um, you know, coming through because the biodigester is soaking up that heat. That's the whole point of that grid that we made is to create an exchange we want to exchange the heat in the pipes to the biodigester and this is why the biodigester is sitting directly onto the pipes um it's you know the pex um radiant floor piping in the dirt 
so it's sitting on it so that way we can transfer that heat to the biogas digester so the water coming out will always be a little bit um, cooler than the water going into it right because the exchange is happening um, and so if the water temperature sensor on the solar hot water heating system realizes it's at 120 degrees the pump will shut off and it's going to wait until the temperature rises up to 135 degrees again then it'll automatically turn on and pump that hot water again and so um yesterday um it's been online like that now because i just got the sensor in two days ago um so i've had it online for two days now and it's been working really good where i don't have to monitor it uh and i just have everything working together really really nicely and so yesterday alone just from that one solar hot water heating panel we were able to raise um, almost five or six degrees because now it's more efficient. It's not me looking at the temperature constantly and turning on and turning off the pump. Now it's automated, right? So anytime it hits a certain temperature, it turns on. As soon as it hits a certain temperature, it turns off and it just keeps doing that. Now what happens is as the day goes on, the water that's in that pipe is getting warmer and warmer and warmer. So what's happening is it's actually taking less time for it to reheat back up in order to turn the pump back on, right? Because the water has been circulating now for a couple of hours on and off, on and off, on and off. And so now when the 135 degree turns on the, the circulation pump, it'll run. And then when it hits the 120, it turns off. But because the water in there is already warmer, it's heating up the water faster. Which is good because we want to keep, we want to try to get to the point where we have like at least maybe 135 degree water or more, 150 degree water um, circulating nonstop through the system, right? That's the whole idea. Then that way there's a lot of heat to be exchanged. So I'm starting to see some very positive results out of this by making sure it's automated. So that way it's on when it can be on. As soon as it can be on, it's on. And as soon as it needs to be off, it can be off, you know? So I'm super ecstatic about that. This is why I know if I um, finish up fixing up that other solar hot water heating panel and finally tie the two together, I can now easily manage 150 degree water, no problem, um, circulating through that system. In the morning, like right now, it would take some time to kind of get the system going because right now the water is cold because it's, you know, the sun's coming up. But once the sun starts hitting that panels, it's going to start heating the copper in it, and it's going to start that process. So right around, maybe probably even before 11 o'clock, um, you know, if we have two panels running, it should just be running completely nonstop to exchange all that heat, you know? So, yeah, win-win, guys. It is working. I'm super ecstatic. Um, things are definitely coming together. We've been knocking out some big projects. Uh, in fact, I'm actually on the other side of the island right now. I'm not currently at the ranch house. I'm actually at my other house right now. I've been over here taking care of some other loose ends I had to finish up. Um, I had to install some security cameras. And um, this is actually where I made the video for you guys for the smart hot water heaters. Because it was just easier for me to show it um, on camera compared to the off-grid one. Because off-grid one, I got a whole bunch of stuff in my way. Um, but this one down, this property at least, um, I can show you guys how it all works. So that's why I was able to make that video. Uh, and I also had to take care of some other loose ends. I have some new trees and stuff that I planted. Um, I'm, I'm going to fertilize them today. 
Um, I have to spray some um, weed killer along the driveway and stuff like that. I'm just taking care of some loose ends. But I'm actually going back to the ranch house this afternoon. So as soon as I'm done spraying the Roundup, um, as soon as I'm done fertilizing all my trees, um, all I have to do is load up two of my toolboxes and I'm heading back to the off-grid ranch. So yeah, we're getting some things done, guys. But yeah, just want to update everyone on the wind turbine, um, the biogas digester, um, the heating situation with that, um, and obviously uh, making that content for you guys for the um, smart hot water heaters. So anyway, guys, uh, I'm going to start my day. I have a long day ahead of me, um, and then I'll keep you guys updated. I am kind of hoping by the time I get back to the ranch, Within the next couple of days or so, we should start seeing some gas production for the first, you know, for the first activation part. Um, but yeah, we'll go from there when we get there, right? Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. I'll see you guys on the next one.